Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sixty-five Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. By the way, uh, I feel attacked by the YouTube ads. Already? Yeah, I mean, I started so I could get in the chat room and look at it. And it the ad was for Husky Boy clothing. Oh, damn. Yeah. I mean, I need some. But I don't want them automatically going, hey, that mouse, that mouse button push was pretty heavy. <laughs> I, uh, I think this guy is going to need a triple extra large shirt. Ooh. I mean, it does. You feel a little attacked. Like, sometimes I feel attacked by YouTube ads or Instagram ads. Other times I feel like, you know, even though it's a total invasion of my privacy. Yes. I mean, I'm looking for a new pillow, so thanks. <laughs> but the worst thing is like if you're talking about something totally unreal or just something that you don't even necessarily do day to day or use day to day and then it pops up like you could just be making shit up and it just all of a sudden you start yeah. having ads like it's ridiculous no yeah i know i like i uh we have um uh our in-laws my in-laws got us for christmas 
two years ago, one of those Echo shows. Uh-huh. We have it in our kitchen. And it's, so it's a big screen. And, like, occasionally I'll be, like, you know, making a protein shake in the morning. And yes, that does happen. <laughs> I, before you make a joke. Like, making a protein shake or making some eggs or something. And, like, something will pop up on the screen and be like, weren't we talking about it's Selena Gomez so three days ago? Yes. Because I was like, oh, hey. Only Murders in the Building is going to have a season four. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Selena, Selena, and Amanda's like, Selena Gomez is in that, right? And I'm like, yeah. They're just bombarded. And then that's it. And then, like, there's a story like Selena Gomez, a new boyfriend, step out at red carpet. And I'm like, well, who gives a shit about that? Exactly. <laughs> like, it's why so I, dumb. Why do I want to know that? Other than just seeing a commercial and, like, going, oh, hey, cool. Yeah, so anyway. But um, anyhow, uh Garrett, we have a couple things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk maybe more in length in the second segment. We had uh, Bill Farley on yesterday. Great guest. And he was a great guest. And he talked about, he broke down like all the numbers of FSU's exit plan. And I will give you my perspective as an alum. Now that I know what the plan appears to be and what they can do. And I never thought they didn't have one. I was just worried that this was more ego driven than... Uh, than anything. Right. Not that it's not, because it totally is. But I was worried that that was what was completely driving the car. And I think that while this road trip out of the ACC is going to be a bit of a long one, there are multiple drivers in the car, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think, to me, the the biggest thing I took away from it was um, when you hear about the private equity and everything, your mind immediately goes to overseas money or different things like that. But the the strategy they have put in place there, uh, honestly, listen to them talk and some of the moves they were making about purchasing the ground for the building and putting the building over it, it reminded me a lot of, um, like studying real estate and how they go mm-hmm. about doing things. Like it's, it's very similar in the, the intricacies and the little nooks and crannies where you can find money. Um, it was a very, I, I highly suggest everybody go back and check it out because you can learn a lot because I think you're going to see what Florida state is doing to me is probably the blueprint for what you're going to see a lot of programs do going forward. So if you can understand it now, it can help you as things progress because I feel like things are only going to get even more chaotic over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, the biggest news in the college football world today is that the CFP has officially adopted the 5-7 model. That means five automatic qualifiers, seven at large for the 12-team playoff. Um, nobody's conference is guaranteed to get a bid mm-hmm. as a conference champion, which means that theoretically, if the SEC was an abject disaster uh-huh. – then they may not get in, or the Big Ten or whoever. It's possible in theory. Kind of like cold fusion. Correct. Like, like there's a, probably a way to make it happen, but people are going to have to be in a lab for hours, months, years, and like one day, you know, probably after the apocalypse is when that's going to happen. Right. Like, you know, we'll be fighting zombies, and then the SEC will have a bad year, and we'll be like, oh, well... <laughs> Thank Finally God for the zombies. Yeah. Good job, Mountain West. You're in. So, uh, but I, uh, and there's also no limit. This is the this is the part which again, I mean, there doesn't need to be a limit because you want the 12 best teams, right? But it does feel very purposefully said. There's no limit to the amount of teams a conference can have in. 
Oh, yeah, so, they're letting you know what's going to happen. Well, look, I mean, not that this would ever happen, but you could get your top, you know, five in, right? You get your SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, Group of Five champion mm-hmm. in. So let's just say that's Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Kansas State, and Tulane. So okay. those five are in. If the other seven happen to be from one league, that's the playoff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would happen, but there's a chance that four of them could be, I would think. I think four, like five teams in a 12-team playoff would be one of those years where just they've got everybody humming and the schedule works out where they don't overlap enough to where right. there's not too many teams with three losses. What? And they would get that spot. I, honestly, I think what's going to happen with those are you're going to see the SEC and the Big Ten are going to rotate. One of them's going to get three in, the other one's going to get two, and then the scraps are going to be left over for the Big Twelve, ACC, and whoever else to fight to get another team in. It, I, I don't see realistically where the ACC or the Big Twelve, the way this is set up, will be able to get more than three teams in a year. And I think if they get three, that's lucky. Yeah. Honestly. And yeah. then you have the, the wild card with Notre Dame. Like, what happens with them? Because you're not in a conference. You'll never, you could finish first and you're never going to be able to. You'll, you'll, the way it's structured with the, the, the people going in who won the conference championships, you can have a better record and they, they would still be ahead of you. Like, it's a whole weird dynamic there with them. It is. It's, um, you know, yeah, Notre Dame comes into this thing and, you know, they will never. This is where, this is the thing that after two years, I'm curious to see what happens. So if Notre Dame has to go on the road in the first round mm-hmm. as a team who's like 11 and one, do they go, all right, that's it. We're doing it so that we can get this home game if we're not, we don't have the buy. Because right now, Notre Dame in no way qualifies for the buy no. either. So Notre Dame could be 12 and 0 and while at 12 and 0 they're probably going to host a, a game in South Bend they're still not going to have a bye. They could be by far metrically the best team in the country. They could be number 1 all across the board. Mm-hmm. Number 1 in the committee and all that stuff. And because they're not in a conference, then the top 5 champions automatically get in. And the four highest ranked champions get a bye. Notre Dame, by being an independent, will not get a bye. Yeah, but see, and I thought they wouldn't even be able to host at that. So they would be able to host; they just wouldn't get the bye in that scenario. Because I thought they, I thought the your host teams were your four conference champions, and that even if Notre Dame was like number one in the nation, and um, everybody else behind them it, it fell in order, that if you were the host team. You would like you would still be able to host if you were a conference champion, but they wouldn't ever get to host. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's interesting about Notre Dame in this whole deal, where I do think that that might be a thing that eventually they do. But look, they're going to get a you know they got a ways to go before they got that a ways ever to happens, go, but because like it's one of those things they have to sacrifice. But if it's the top you know four ranks conference champions get the buy, yeah, then Notre Dame's never going to get a buy. So what what's the benefit of this? for Oregon State and Washington State as they sit right now in their current situation. Is there a benefit? Like I know I mean, they can be if they have a good season they have a better shot than at large. But I mean they're never like No, this is not like 
Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, like, the, the best case scenario for them, but honestly, the best case scenario for them is two or more teams leaving the ACC. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to happen. And then the ACC would be smart to add them so they have, you know, a more full West Coast quadrant or part of their conference. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got those four teams and SMU and then who has ever left on the East Coast. And then you can kind of move on with that, you know. Yeah. And, and still be a power conference, so to speak. And then Oregon State and Washington State can do that. Because I think right now their best bet is Florida State leaves um, as soon as Clemson and North Carolina rally up the money mm. that they find out what the what the TV rights cost, then that's how they get that's how they get into there. So, um, and I do think, you know, it's going to be interesting to me because right now that the it's not on the table for Florida State to be in another conference. No other conferences you know, publicly interested in them right? because they're not available. But the minute they come available, that, stuff that in changes the this. Yeah. yeah, you still have to, like, you know, deal with all this. You know, the, um, Florida State historically never wanted to be in the SEC. And I, I kind of think that there's a part of them and a big part of the fan base who doesn't, who doesn't, who, and we'll talk about this in the next segment more, but who still doesn't. Like they, I, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't want to if I was them. But, I mean, so if this was the scenario this year, though, Florida State would have automatically made the playoff, right? Like, they wouldn't have gotten screwed out because they would have won their tie – or they would have won the ACC and would have been able to lock something up. So they would have automatically been blessed with the opportunity to go and play for the college football playoff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I like, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. And, look, if, if – The other thing that Notre Dame could do is they could make a bigger agreement with the ACC to kind of float them and save them Mm -hmm. when they get their, you know, newest TV deal completely ironed out and be like, look, we don't really like Notre Dame. Everybody thinks Notre Dame will just join the Big Ten, but then they lose a lot of their Notre Dame-ness, you know, their their independence. I think the best way for Notre Dame to stay independent, keep most of their money and do all that is to go to the ACC once Florida State leaves and whoever else and goes, okay. Since we, we want to get this first round by, mm-hmm. we will come in and be the, the anchor of this conference, but we're not going to play. We're going to have a different thing. We're going to have a different thing than the rest of you guys. We're going to get to play for the conference title or whatever. I don't know. Kind of like the COVID year. When they yeah, got to, yeah, like the COVID year. Like they're going to try to work that out again. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes and what, how this five and seven model works because look, this is only for two years. Yeah. Remember that? It's only for two years. So we could very realistically have a four and eight or a three and nine model after two years. No, that, Seriously. No, like, you could. That, I guess it would probably be four and eight. You're always going to take the top four, you know, just because it makes sense. And we might have 16 teams in two years. So then it's a whole different thing. You know, there's a whole completely opposite, like different when you add to it because the television networks might be like, hey, 12 was great. Let's go to 16. Because that's how it's worked in every other tournament-type setting, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that's always befuddled me about college football not wanting to have this. Like, every other sports league in the world, including the other sports that you guys govern, have tournaments. Everything but 
FBS college football. Right. Literally everything. Acrobatics and tumbling has a goddamn tournament. Like everything does. And um, professional, like tennis, the, like the Wimbledon is a tournament. The World Series is a tournament. It's all a tournament. And then all that people have done is make the field bigger until it gets to a point where it's big enough. Well, I, the, th- the beauty of college football not doing that, though, is every other sport who has gone into a tournament mode, uh, and the, the NBA is terrible with it. Like You're having in-season tournaments and everything, but you've got to a point where if you're a sport that's done that, your regular season ultimately doesn't matter anymore. No. And, and everything is, all the attention is, you're just buying time to get to the playoffs or to those tournament scenarios where in college football, I mean, that's not the case. Like, your regular season matters. You have great matchups and everything. You get more in the playoff or, or in uh, bowl games, but you're, you're, there's still substance to your regular season. And if they keep expanding this, I'm going to get to a point where the regular season is not going to matter. Yeah. I like 12. I would, I'm, I would cap my enthusiasm for any playoff at 16. I, I, yeah, I would too. I would. I would probably I would prefer twelve. I, I need yeah. to see it first, but I think sixteen is kind of watering things down. And I know you would make an argument too of, well, how can how can that be watering it down if you start off with a top twenty five? You're still leaving out you know a handful of your top twenty five teams. But to me, like twelve is enough because at the end of the day, there's only a certain amount of teams who legitimately have a chance of winning the championship. Like so, don't just water it down for the sake of making money because that's how we got into this whole situation in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, don't don't water it down yeah. for the sake of it. But if you have an opportunity to do something special, There's I think balance. you, you, you got to yeah. find the balance. Yeah, you got to find that balance. But, yeah, if you if you have a top 16 and the only team's going to be left out of the bottom nine, I think that's like a happy, like, yeah. you know, that's a happy medium for everybody. I, I, I can accept that as a, as a fan. Um, and this will be, be interesting as we move forward like through this and see how these first two years go. I think they're probably going to stick with 12 through like this one and then maybe the next one. Mm-hmm. And then after that is when they're going to go, okay. Because also 16 might make sense because let's think about what 2030 is going to be yeah. and how big the conferences are going to be. And then 16 might make more sense. Because then at that point, you've got these leagues that are all going to be probably 18 to 20 teams big. And so then the definition of what is a great season in conference is going to be completely different than it is now. Yeah, but then like at some point, like say you do expand to 16, then with having so many teams, like so many conference games you're going to have to go through, and I know you're not going to be able to play everybody. You're going to get a selected people in your conference that you play year in and year out, but... Then what happens to the preseason? Like, are you going to are we going to get to a point where you have like one non conference game and then roll straight into conference play and then into the playoff? Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be that give and take with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm fine with 12. I'm not advocating for 16. I would accept 16 if it got to the point where you're like. You know, this probably bears it out that, mm. like, this is a new thing. Especially if you think about it, if the new, if the new world of, of college football happens where there's, like, a, a break off of the haves and have-nots, then we'll see what the playoff can be even then. Right. But, yeah, I think that's going to be different. So, um, 
Uh, Bracket Cat said, I'd pick FSU to win the ACC, but I think the ACC refs will be out to screw you in every game. Um, Nebraska thinks that happened to them in when they left the Big 12, especially in that game against A&M. Uh, I think Texas thought it was happening to them a year ago. They could not have said that this year. So no, I think that Houston the game. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. No way. So no, I don't think that that's the case. You also got to remember, like regionally, where all these people are from. Like there are some people who have ties. Like it's yeah. not, you know, it's not that. He, and I don't think, I don't think necessarily the the refs are all that loyal. Plus, I, I you know, there's so much more scrutiny on refs now that trying to do that would be. A fool's errand. And then you would also run the risk now of, are you doing that? Like, do you have money on the game? Like, there's a, yeah. that extra wrinkle, too. I, no, that, that to me, I think, is something that, like, as fans, we always kind of think of a, a scenario that, that could happen. But I don't ever think that's realistic. Like, I don't see officials just going out there going after teams. Like, I don't, I don't think that's realistic. No, I, I don't either. I, I, well, and, look, the, the other part of it, you know, to it is it's just – the fans will know. Like, yeah. and again, it's just it's just one of those. Maybe if there weren't a million cameras everywhere and every, you know, you could get away with it, but yeah. you can't do that now. No, no, you can't do that now. So, yeah, no, I don't think. But look, I do think that like when there is a controversial call that has nothing to do with the refs trying to screw them, it's just incompetence oh, or a bad call. When they do send it off to the league office, the league office is going to be like, yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, no <laughs> rush here. <laughs> we'll get to it later. You know, and look. FSU, well, and there, look, there were ACC refs in the Florida game this year, and there was Florida's only touchdown came on a ridiculously egregious roughing the passer call. Yes. Admitted, like, now, like, admittedly on the ACC, they said, this is on our training video now of this is not roughing the passer. <laughs> and that was an ACC crew because they'll have the, when they do cross conference, it's ACC officials in the SEC right. stadium. So, you know, the ACC, even then, no, like Florida State started this a year ago. It wasn't like they knew they were going to be like, you know what? If they win the league this year, they'll be happy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll, they'll say, like, listen, money is not worth the feeling we got as a group. Yes. <laughs> you know, that trumps it all. That's when you come together and achieve a goal. There's nothing, there's no monetary prize that can, can quite accomplish that. We'll talk more about FSU and what the plan is. Uh, for those of you who didn't see Bill Farley, I suggest you go to the YouTube channel and watch mm -hmm. it. If you're a realignment head, um, a conference shufflenick, you will be very intrigued by the way he breaks down how Florida State is trying to do this and how private equity, everybody was thinking like, oh, this is going to be Saudi Arabia buying the whole thing. Really, it is a private equity firm taking the investors that it has in it and plopping them in places around Florida State athletics that will allow them to make money on Florida State. Mm -hmm. So angel investments, so to speak, last money in, first money out kind of a deal. Anyhow, we'll talk about that next. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. 
Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Facts over fandom on the chat room. Paul Catalina, Garrett Ross, again today. With officials, don't put on intent what can be bucketed in incompetence. Ooh. And I think that is... That's the issue we have with officials. It's not we've got guys out there like, ah, man, I'm really going to stick it to yeah. Texas. Or like, I don't like that Oklahoma's leaving. Like, no holding calls right, yeah. for Oklahoma State today. Like, that's not what's going to happen. What has happened is, A, starting at the lower levels. Yep. There's nobody who's really doing this in Moss to become big-time officials. Because starting out... Like you think being, you think being a referee in the Big Twelve or the NFL is hard? Try being a little league umpire. Mm-mm. Way harder, I promise you. Way harder, far less money, and no one to back you up. Yep. Like when the like when the NFL official screws up, the league will back them up to a certain point unless it's just stupid. But the league usually backs them up. When you don't call good balls and strikes or the parents are mad at you because you called their kid out at second in a Little League game, you have backing you up, Carl, the other umpire. <laughs> you better hope he's bad. That's it. it. That's all you, all you got is Carl. And you're like, well, Carl thought so. And they're like, ah, screw Carl. Yep. You know? We're not going to, we're not going to your muffler shop anymore, Carl. Like those kind of things. It's, it's such a harder job. So they need, we need to make that better. The other thing is, is college football needs to um, centralize the officials because they're decentralized right now. Each conference has their own. There doesn't need to be that. Like it doesn't need to be governance. Yes. It needs to be run in, in the, in the, whatever the governing body turns out to be his office. So whether it's a new NCAA or something completely different, the governing body of that institution needs to, to handle the officials. Yes. And then you will get training across the board. That's the same. Uh, and probably I think the NFL professional leagues really need to invest in this and they haven't to a large degree yet. They really need to invest in developing sports officials for their sport at the little league, high school, middle school levels. One thing that's always bothered me, and I've always looked at this from like a a player standpoint, but I think it would work from the official standpoint too, is when you're constantly changing the rules every year, 
in, in at the the upper levels. Whereas NFL or college, you're in and you're out. You're changing things, and you're expected. You're put. You're, these people are like Big Twelve officials this year, right? And basketball was the coaches being outside the box. So we started seeing this influx of coaches getting thrown out and everything because that was a point of emphasis. But for me, if you like, especially in the NFL, you always have these rule changes. And uh, you come in, and the officials are supposed to call them on the fly. You have the players that are supposed to learn on the fly. To me, why don't you do that backwards? If you're wanting to change rules and everything, start it from the like the youth levels up. Start with the youth officials calling that. And that mm. way, everybody by the time you work up and you get to, if you're able to get to college or professional ranks, it's ingrained in you. And I think there's more um, natural instinct on making plays or calling. Uh, calls if you're an official that trying to overcompensate for something you just learned on the fly in the off season. Yes, exactly. You've got to make it to where it is. And for look, especially until you get to the higher levels, until you get to the NFL or Major League Baseball, the NBA, more than likely you're not a full time official. No, like they're, they're more than like college officials now. There's more and more guys who that's their job because they have like other, but and they're kind of involved. But there are for the most part like. All right, I'm a I'm a real estate broker, but I'm also you know on Tuesdays and Saturdays I go do Big Twelve basketball, yeah. you know whatever it is. But um, yeah, they need to start uh, investing and grow it more, and then that offers maybe more protection yeah. against you know the crazy because it's hard right now when you've got like crazy parents that are videoing you on the phone, and you know a nine year old doesn't steal a, a base and you're just berated and you're like. All right, I'm making 30 bucks for this. Exactly. Like, I made 30 bucks for this. I can also make 30 bucks just selling something on you on eBay. Like, <laughs> that's here. Do you want these old sneakers I have? 30 bucks. Boom. No one no one yelled at me mm-hmm. and no one's not going to Carl's muffler shop because he backed <laughs> exactly. me up. Like that's how it is. Uh, a question on the chat room from Mike Porter. Paul, I'm curious about the playoff. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I can't believe they didn't fight for this in the college football playoffs. Na- Notre Dame cannot get a bye. That's correct, right? Based on what I'm reading, there is no carve out for Notre Dame in this. No. I could be wrong and like I could find out later, but I'm reading the pre- press release and there's no carve out for Notre Dame. I was trying to find it because Joe Papalano had it on Twitter earlier. Let me find that. You keep looking. I'm going to find this, though. Well, yeah. kind of explained so, it. But no, like, as far as I'm reading, I'm reading their official press release right now uh, from this morning, uh, and there's nothing that says it's the four highest-ranked conference champions will be seated one through four, and each will receive a first-round bye, while teams seated five through 12 will play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher-ranked team. Mm-hmm. Five host 12, six, 11, seven, 10, eight, and nine. The quarterfinals and semifinals will be played in the New Year's Six Bowl games. The national championship game will continue at a neutral site. No conference qualifies automatically, and there will be no limit on the participants from each conference. And then it lists the members of the board, Mm -hmm. of which Jack Swarbrick, or no, I'm sorry, not Jack Swarbrick, uh, uh, Reverend John Jenkins, the president of Notre Dame, is a member. So They uh, knew what they were getting into. I don't don't understand, like, why they would have done that? You would think they would have tried to work something in. Well, look, you do have to make sacrifices. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, I guess and, that's the trade-off, right? If you want yeah. your independence, then you got to do that. Yeah, you have to make trade-offs. And listen, from the institution that brought us Lent, <laughs> they understand sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> look, if you want to get to heaven, don't eat meat on Friday and give up candy for 40 days. Otherwise, yeah, you'll burn. Uh <laughs> 
So how I always understood it as a Catholic. Um, but I, I do think that, yeah. I mean, and, and look, Scott of Greywater Watch says Notre Dame will be moving soon then. I think if two years, we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, this is a trial run for everybody. Yeah. You get a two-year trial yeah. run. So, yeah, that's, that's, where, um, that's where I think. So, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, on how this all, all works out for them in the long run. But, again, if you want to be this independent yep. machine and you want to have a $60 million a year television deal that goes just to you and you want to be here, like, you're going to get $60 million a year from NBC, and then you're going to get money from the other teams you play when you're on ESPN or CBS or wherever. Mm-hmm. You still get a part of that because you're, you're there. That's part of your, your TV money. So you're going to make $70 million a year just by being Notre Dame. You can play an extra playoff game. They'll be fine. The, I mean, which if you're truly good, really good, that's probably going to be at home. You know, and anyway, so. Um, but. Uh, I digress from that now to the FSU thing we're going to talk about. So based on Bill Farley's research into the actual documents that he did Freedom of Information Act requests on, it's very funny to me that we, I know why we have to do it. I'm glad that there's a safeguard for institutions in that because you do want a little protection on the other side. If there's, there's, you know, nothing needs to be completely wide open. Nothing needs to be completely shut. You know, I am... I'm a very uh, well-known centrist in that things get done in the middle. There's a middle ground for everybody where we can all be comfortable. Not happy, not mad, comfortable. You know, comfortable. Comfortability is the goal. Yes. Can you live with this? But, because I've had to do free of information requests a lot in, in my career. And... If you run into a municipality or an institution that has a policy, sometimes you file one and they're like, I don't give a crap. Here you go. Yeah. This is coming out anyway. Here. Or you have, and I'll tell you this, just from my personal experience, the city of Waco, the law is written that they have to give it to you within 30 days. So no matter what it is, and how it may, may or may not have anything to do with them, they will give it to you on day 29. So if you go on the 1st, you're getting it on the 29th. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, in the fast-paced news world that we live in, 29 days doesn't help me report the story of if a football player got arrested last night. Right, yeah. Even though I know, like I'd like to know the details so that I can report, report fairly and accurately what he was arrested for, why, and what the next steps are, as opposed to 29 days from then, when we'll all kind of know. Yeah. It defeats the purpose. It defeats, it does. It defeats the purpose. I mean, and believe me, this is almost verbatim what I said to the lady at the desk. <laughs> I think Wait it also depends on who you're dealing with at the desk, yes. too. Like, hold on a minute. You're, this is on a computer, right? It's not yeah. in a file in a different city that you're going to have to have somebody, like, telegraph to me. No. You can just hit the file, hit print on the mofo, and hand it to me. Pretty simple. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> is this or is this not the 21st century? 
<laughs> Where did I step into? What vortex did Ooh. I cross into? Do you have people back there with typewriters, like, slamming <laughs> out the keys? Do. I don't know what's going on. Just give me the information I want to have as a citizen of these United States that I'm entitled to by the law. That's all I want. You got your loopholes, though. Yes, absolutely. But, by the way, my Apple Watch is really loving that rant. It's oh, just burning like crazy. Off. Okay. But, uh, so he got all this information on FSU. And so their plan, as it stands right now with private equity is, they've contracted with a couple different people. And one that has like the right of first refusal and everything, mm-hmm. which I believe is J.P. Morgan. But I, I could be wrong on that. But they've, so what J.P. Morgan will do is take their funds and they'll say, okay, Garrett Ross... Uh, internet billionaire, he's invested in our fund. Mm-hmm. He's going to give $250,000 to the hotel project. And he's going to own 10% of that hotel. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he's going to buy more of it as the hotel grows, and that's where it's going to be. So it's, it's not one massive pool like Live Golf. It is uh, a bunch of for lack of a better term, kiddie pools. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's not the Saudi government. There's not going to be so. And I asked Bill Farley yesterday, I said, the concern about private equity or selling what is your product to someone else is that when you sell it, part of it inherently becomes not yours anymore. Correct. You know, think of any restaurant that you like that's gone national. You know, if it was yours and it was in your town and you were at the place where the first one was and the food tasted like this because the chef made it this way and he invented it that way. And then now it's this big national chain and it's not just in Chicago anymore. There's a Portillo's hot dogs in Dallas now. If you're a Chicagoan who's been really okay to Dallas, you might enjoy going there because it will bring you back to home. Right. There's a Geno's East, in fact, pizza, right by AT&T Stadium and Globe Life Field, which is a Chicago-style, very famous mm-hmm. Chicago pizzeria. I promise you that Chicagoans who live in Dallas go into Geno's East for a little taste of home, and it's like home. But it's not quite. It's like the VHS version of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching it home. It's fine, but it's not in the theater. It's not like, it's not shaking your bones. Yeah. It's not that first time you saw Jurassic Park and you saw the water shaking. It's not that. It's different. And so that happens, by and large, when you take the whole product and sell it on the whole. Mm We just experienced it in Texas with Whataburger. I love Whataburger. I'm never not going to love Whataburger. But there's something that's 5 to 10% off about Whataburger Mm -hmm. since a company from Illinois bought it. Yes. Something that's just off. I'm sure they're doing most of the things the same way, but there's something that's different. I can't put my finger on it. I can't, I couldn't tell you, like if, if I sat in the survey, if I was in the room with other Whataburger testers and people like me or you who've grown up with it and we're like, well, like what's different? And you're like, something. Something. You just can't. You're like, well, what yeah. specifically? I don't know. You tell me what you guys changed. <laughs> tell me what you ruined here. I will know, <laughs> but I'll tell you something's different. And I figured it out but I don't know what specifically you did. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Whether it's an ingredient, a, a prep method, something mm-hmm. you've done to save yourself, you know, $50 a store in the whole country and give the CEO a bonus. 
Whatever you did has changed it enough. That's not what's going to happen at Florida State. So they will have the money to negotiate a buyout, mm -hmm. provided buying out those TV rights gets negotiated down to a fair number. The other interesting thing he threw into this was he believes that Florida State and the ACC will soon become a three-pronged negotiation with ESPN coming in and having to tell them whether or not they're going to exercise the TV deal in 2027, which if I was a betting man, of which you just saw me in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and you know that I not, am not. Not very well. Not very well. You're not as bad as me, but <laughs> neither, you're not Neither one well. of us are. I'm terrible. But if I was a betting man, I would say that ESPN is not going to exercise that contract. Why would ESPN – this has been my whole thing with, with Florida State leaving in the first place is why would ESPN pay more for them than what they're paying right now? Like that made that has never like because if you they went to the SEC wouldn't they have to pay Florida State more money than what they're paying them right now? Yeah, I mean here's what I think ESPN will see the writing on the wall for. This is changing everything, and Florida State has some juice here, so we'll just put them where they want to be, and then we'll we'll take the rest and build what we kind of want anyway. Mm -hmm. Which the reason and I did a top five last week that I feel very bad about about what Tony Petiti said about the conference, because Smokey and Craig obviously had different opinions of it, and maybe it was things that I was talking over everyone's head about because it was just my own crazy, like, conspiracy theory on it. But the one thing I will tell you, and it's the one thing I'll hold true, is TV people are going to make TV decisions. Mm -hmm. And the more TV people are in charge of conferences, and Brett Yormark essentially is a TV guy, and Tony Petiti is a TV guy. Well, they're hiring. They want TV people. They there. want, yeah. So they want, like, Jim Phillips is not. Greg uh, Sankey is not, but Greg Sankey he is, is. He's adaptable. He's, he's, <laughs> he's more of a mogul than yeah. anything else. So Greg Sankey's a CEO. Like He's one of those he's dudes that, like, throat. if you took him out of the SEC and just put him in charge of, like, Texaco, like, all of a sudden, like, Circle K would cease to exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just would be gone. <laughs> so um, he, he's one of those dudes. So TV people make TV decisions. And what college football is going towards is what is the best television shows for us to put on and what works best in these spots? And how do we make the most of our national broadcasts? And how do we maximize streaming? And so streaming has been pretty niche, right? Mm -hmm. So like you're going to see more and more stuff that's niche go into streaming and more and more stuff that is big and big play against each other, whether that's the conferences that we understand exist now or something completely different because all this is going to change. And I think Florida State being on the, on the forefront of that is interesting. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not really in favor of them leaving the ACC because I like the idea of them winning the Having conference every yeah. other year you know, or all like – for a while, it was all the time. You know, they're one of the two viable football products in that league. Mm -hmm. And I get you want the more money, but you do have to accept that, like, they're also, I think, betting on the fact that, and maybe they're right, I think they might be right, and that all college football is going to change and that conference titles are going to mean a little bit less now with an expanded playoff. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be about what you do postseason. Well, it's it's, it's going to be like, a, to me, it's going to be like um, basketball is right now with the conference tournaments. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So if you're telling me that Florida State can go to the Big Ten and go 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three every year and make the playoff, okay, and make $90 million as opposed to 41? Yeah. 
Like, all right, I get that business decision. I understand it. I just don't know, like, again, are you, are you ready enough in the brave new world of college athletics to, to make that move? Clearly they are, and there's probably others that will. Whether it works out or not really kind of depends on your leadership. So, okay, I, I, and I wanted to ask, and you kind of touched on it there. You said you, would, you kind of would like them to just stay put in the ACC. Uh, people you've talked to, the people, your, your sorority brothers, everything. What's the My sorority o- brothers? Whatever it is. I don't know how this I works. I wasn't in a fraternity or fraternity, a sorority. Fraternity, sorority. I don't know how the hell this works. I mean, look, I. Your college, I, your college homies. Yeah. How does this work? How do you, all of y'all see this shit? What's the ultimate end game you would like to see for Florida State? I just think everybody's ex- ex- exasperated with Florida State and the way, like, the way that the previous leadership just treated everything like nothing was ever going to change in the whole world. And that if this is what they have to do, this is what they have to do. I think most people, most people want out of the ACC. Yeah. And I do think that there's enough anger at Jim Phillips. Like, I do think people are as angry at Jim Phillips as they are at ESPN and the committee because, you know, just didn't do anything to. Is there, so do you think that, like, is there a commissioner change? Like, what is, like, I don't know. Look, if he, if he loses the three or four biggest teams in the league, he's, he's not going to have a job. Yeah. I mean, whether it's his fault or not, he's not going to have a job. So I don't know if a commissioner change necessarily does anything for them right now. But, look, if Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, Virginia leave, if those teams leave. conference is dead. And then you have to bring in Oregon State and Washington State and, like, Tulane and Memphis or something like that to get back to the number, then the next commissioner is going to run that league. Jim Phillips is going to be off to something else. Can you do that anymore, though? Like grab the the two lanes of Memphis because I thought their money—they're not going to get the same amount. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, maybe like you that, can't. Maybe you can't. Like, like, that's the thing. It's like, what you, are we? What doing? you really have to hope for with, um, if you're Jim Phillips, is that this is like bikini atoll, like nuclear testing, yeah. where it's controlled, it's out away from everything, it's just Florida State and Clemson, and everyone else stays just dies yeah. to stay. That might be. Fool's gold. Like, oh, it's just the two of them. North Carolina is going to be fine. They'll be there. NC State has already got them locked in. They're friends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're buddies. They love each other. <laughs> we saw NC State and North Carolina the other day at Buffalo Wild Wings just chopping it up. You don't, you don't just leave your friend. No, never. No, never. You don't do that. All right. When we come back, NFL Draft Rapid Fire, we'll have a little bit longer today to do it. And we're going to start with Brock Bowers. To me, the most interesting prospect in the draft because tight ends drafted high don't normally pay off to that level. In fact, if you look around the league at the best tight ends, most of them are not drafted in the top 10. Kyle Pitts was one of the last ones to be drafted in the top 10. What are we talking about with him, right? And part of that's quarterback issues. But we're going to talk about Brock Bowers and his unicorn-like skills next on NFL Draft Rapid Fire, on the triple option. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. 
your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure, carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back. Thanks to Kim Coulter for the super chat. Paul laughing my entire ass off. I'm glad. That's what I seek to do in most of my life. Um, I do want to tell a funny story before we get into NFL Draft Rapid Fire. Let's do it. Last night, my wife has never laughed so hard, which being married to a comedian is a a hard thing to say. She didn't laugh as me as much as she does at other things. Like, I'll walk in and she'll be laughing at a TikTok and I'll be like, the hell, bro? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that guy, that lady, she's just eating a pizza. And messed up. We're putting on a Chewbacca mask. That's not that funny. Have to put like, I'm doing real this. work here. Yeah. I'm writing material. I'm going on stage. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm coming back. Like, come on. Respect the craft. But, so last night, we were talking about, you know, I'm trying to lose weight and, and do these things. And I said, I need to get out of my beefy tea mode. Do you know the Hanes beefy tea? Uh, explain. So there is, like, if you want to buy a shirt from Hanes, if you're, like, they have a brand of, like, a mo like it's like, called Beefy? It's called Beefy Tea. Okay. It is, it is, like, it's like they were, like, well, Husky seems a little bit harsh. So, so we're, we're going to call it. The wording. We're just going to call it Beefy, <laughs> which, to me, is so much worse. Yes. So much worse that you're, like, oh, hey. I will have a beefy tea. <laughs> beefy and she's, like, she was just laughing so hard. She couldn't believe anybody would name something that. <laughs> That's pretty rough. It is. <laughs> I just, it I is. Husky. Damn. Yeah, it is. You go, and maybe that's why I got the 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 Chubster clothes <laughs> ad. <laughs> the gravy the boy teams. pants line. Uh, when my when the algorithm kicked on because we were talking about it last night. I because we talked about it. Like it's husky, beefy. I once went to get to ha- get a suit, mm-hmm. and the guy, the measurement for the suit. And look, I know, like we all know what we look like. I get it. Like I know what my body shape is, and I fluctuated up and down. But at this point in my life, I was a fifty-two short portly, and it was the most insulted I've ever been. <laughs> short portly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, can you imagine just walking into a place and like, uh, what kind of suit? I would like the portly, please. Give me the portly. I'm not sure what the number is around it, but take me to the portly. <laughs> I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Here? I felt like, like honestly, I felt like, oh, I'm the penguin. That's who I yeah, am. Get you a bowler I'm the hat. penguin. Like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I could not, I could not. I That's could pretty not. rough, man. Like beefy. Yeah, yeah, beefy, portly. I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna start a clothing line called the great, like I said, the Gravy Boy line, and at least we'll have fun with it. We'll yeah. acknowledge it because what they're doing is they're trying to make you feel better. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> just own it. Yeah. <laughs> just own it. <laughs> yes, Gravy Boy clothing. Gravy Boy. So, anyway, um, uh, okay. So, NFL draft rapid fire. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start with Brock Bowers. Okay. High rank, like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth prospect in most 
of the, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, Matt Miller, Mel Kuyper, like you name it, like most of them have him as a top 10 prospect. Mm -hmm. But he plays tight end. And, you know, you look around the league, like Travis Kelsey, not a first round pick. He's the best tight end in the league. Darren Waller, not a first-round mm -hmm. pick, one of the better tight ends in the league. Dalton Schultz had a great year for the Cowboys last year and the Texans this year, not a first-round pick. Jake Ferguson, Cowboys tight end, great year this year, not a first-round pick. Dallas Goddard, second-round pick. Like, I can keep going. Yeah. You know, Kyle Pitts is a first-round pick. Uh, Michael Mayer this year, I believe, was a first-round pick. There were maybe some tight ends. Um, Sam Laporta, great rookie season, second-round pick, you know, for the Lions. So... Jason Witten, future Hall of Famer, third-round pick. Mm -hmm. So for every Tony Gonzalez or, you know, there's like 20 other guys that aren't or – Antonio Gates wasn't drafted at all. Right. He, might be, he might be the GOAT tight end. Like, he, you know, there, there is that argument to be made. Ben Coates not a first-rounder, right, back in the day. So – do you take a, a top 10 pick on Brock Bowers or do you let him get into the 15 where the position, like 12, 13 to like 18, where the position kind of really maybe makes more sense if you're going to do that? Uh, if, if, man, if he's the best player available, I'm taking him. I, I kind of view Brock Bowers as Bijan Robinson last year, where mm -hmm. the position group doesn't ideally match taking it in the first round, but you have such a unique unicorn there that if you don't take him, and somebody else does behind you, especially if it's like an interconference rival, and you've got to see that guy torch you for like the next decade. I don't want to risk that. I'm taking him in the first round. Yeah, um, or taking him early on in the top ten. Yes, yes. Okay, so we have. I, I probably would as well. I think if you, but I'm going to be careful about it. The Chargers at five makes sense because oh, he would be great for them. He'd be great there. They haven't really gotten a lot of production out of that spot. Um, you know, Gerald Everett's been fine, but he's a bit of a journeyman. Um, the Giants, they've got Waller, but again, the Giants I don't want to go to the Giants. I would the, the Giants can do nothing with that sixth pick that'll be like, well, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Because there's nothing about them that, that I don't think doesn't, couldn't be better. I, I would try, if I was them, I would try to get yeah. some linemen or something to protect yeah. Daniel Jones. Like that should be your first order. Yeah. The Titans. Eh, maybe, maybe, you know. We'll see. Like, I don't know. There's, there's probably other things that they need more. But, yeah, after that, I think there's pretty much anybody. You know, the Raiders just took Michael Mayer, so you don't want to do that. There's other teams, you know. Yeah, the Colts, maybe at 15 makes sense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Colts would be, yeah. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. I think he fits in what Shane Steichen likes to do, especially with what a healthy Anthony Richardson will Safety do. Safety blanket for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like something that he can, he can just make ridiculously big plays that most tight ends can't, you know, he's got the speed that most don't. He's kind of a, he's unique in there. I love Brock Bowers. One of my favorite players to watch in the country. Uh, I think one of the most bummer parts of the years is when guys like him are hurt. Yeah. It sucks. Like it's just like, even if you don't like Georgia, like, yeah, we don't get to see him. It's like Jalen Daniels getting hurt at yeah. Kansas. You yeah, want Jalen Daniels it. is like, well, this is a, like, if you like Kansas or don't, like every Kansas game is going to be a little bit more boring because he's not playing in it. Yeah. You know, so, all right, next question. Okay, we've talked about the Bears. We've talked about Washington. Mm -hmm. And yesterday we talked about Arizona. Mm -hmm. That's one, two, and four. But we skipped the third pick. So you're the Patriots. Okay. Mac Jones is not going to be your starting quarterback. Not your dude, yep. Bailey Zappi, probably not going to be your starting quarterback. But he intrigues me long-term in the league. Like, he's one of those guys I feel like when he's 
29 could get a starting gig and be good and take a team to the playoffs for a few years. Just because, again, intrigued by him. Yeah. Um, do you take a quarterback at three or because let's just say Williams and May are off the board or two of the three are off the board? Does it like I would say I, I would I would take a quarterback. Yeah, I think you like Gerard Mayo's got to start from scratch and start with that quarterback there. Yeah, I would. I, I would because, like you mentioned, like Max, obviously not the dude. Zappy's going to be a, a journeyman who is more so a backup. Yeah, I would bring somebody in, just try to start fresh. They just they have so many other issues, man. There's so many holes to fill on that roster. Uh, but yeah, it all everything you do to be successful in the NFL runs through your quarterback. You don't have one now. You might as well take a flyer on it and go. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and I, I think I think you need to. I think this is a good, especially at the top. Um, or like you could say, like maybe it's not this year. We don't like this particular guy. We'll just trade back. Yeah, but I mean, but that, there's still, so much talent right there waiting for you. You're not guaranteed to get a better person next year, especially. No, look, if if Drake May or Jaden Daniels is there, you're taking them. You got yeah, to. You're taking them. You're absolutely taking them. So. Yeah, you've got to. Those guys are really, really good. And um, I still haven't figured out. I saw Lewis Riddick tweeting about it. He said, look, if Jaden Daniels goes anywhere below five, there's something weird going on because the tape dictates that he's a top five player. Yeah, but I mean, I w- if he went inside the top ten, I think that's fine yeah. for him. Yeah. Right? Now, I would, I would be more concerned if that take was him falling outside the top ten. If he falls out of the top five, okay, cool. Yeah, he's still going to the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Now, here's one that's just a a position ranking question. We'll get to the Chargers tomorrow. We've got a lot of time to go through Mm -hmm. this before the draft. This is a position question. Edge rusher. Dallas Turner. Latu Latu from UCLA. Yeah. Jared Verse. And I'm going to throw Darius Robinson from Missouri in there mm. as my top four. Um, yeah, I mean, get, rank those to me. Rank them? Uh, yeah. I would probably do Turner one. Uh, who was after Lalu? Uh, uh, verse, Jerry verse. Verse. I would put first two, Lalu, and then the yeah. other one. That's I, how I would go. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I am. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to be totally biased here. Jared verse. Darren. Uh, Dallas, Dallas Turner, Latu, and then Darius Robinson. I mean, you could make a case. Like, you could sell me on first. He's so damn good, man. But yeah. I just – there's something about Dallas Turner that I uh, – that man. Okay. Running backs. None of these guys are getting picked in the first round. I'm going to give you five. Okay. Jonathan Brooks, Bucky Irving, Will Shipley, Braylon Allen, Trey Benson. Oh, okay. Uh, I would probably go. Oh man, I put. Oh man, Bucky Irving. I might put Bucky number one. Trey mm. two. Uh, Brooks would be down because of the injury. Uh, but I mean, no. You know what? I probably put Brooks at three because it does. An ACL isn't the same as it used to be. No, but he's still. I mean, he's probably not going to be one hundred percent. No. Uh, yeah. 
That's what's the, probably keeping him out of the second round yeah. to me. And who are the other two after that? Uh, Will Shipley and Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen, Will Shipley. Okay. I like Braylon Allen a lot. Yeah. I, I really do. I think he's going to be, he is a great NFL style running back. I think there are, I'll throw out Audric Estime, Blake Horm, and Marshawn Lloyd as three guys I think will be good NFL backs. And then a lot of guys I'm intrigued by. But um, I do think this is actually kind of a good – if you want a, a running back you think you can start for you, there's, there's eight or nine guys I think you can, you can draft that can yeah. actually start for you. Mine would be Benson, Irving – Benson, Brooks, Irving, Allen, and Shipley. And I do like – I think Will Shipley is definitely an NFL back with all the different things he can do. He just needs to go to the right team. Yeah, he's got to find the right fit for him. You know, like Will Shipley needs to play for – a Kansas City or San Francisco, San Francisco. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like the the Patriots kind of make sense to me for him. Yeah, they've you had know. success with guys like that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I, like they they do. So all right, um, that's pretty much it for us. I'm significantly sweaty. I need to get a drink. <laughs> I started sweating during the rant about Y'all worked up, man. I was. It's very frustrating, Garrett. It is. You know what I've also been trying to do with the city of Waco for over a year now? Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get them to pull the permits that have ever been done for my address during any time of <laughs> the house's existence. Because I had somebody working on my house, and he thinks there was an unreported fire in it. Really? Yes. From before I owned it. So that would give me some legal recourse on some of these things that have happened in my house mm. against the previous owner who did not disclose that. But I need to see the permits. Yeah. And I also suspect, because we had to have our gas line repaired, replaced, <laughs> based on what the plumber said, mm-hmm. he thinks that he... Did not get that permitted. Good times. So Good times. come on, but City they have Waco. not. But they have not to yet in a year responded to me with a here they are. Yeah, they don't want to. Your request <laughs> is still processing. <laughs> Why I don't know. It's no skin off their ass. But whatever. Uh, bureaucracy is stupid, and we're all stupid for putting up with it. Very true. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> Kim Coulter, this has been Paul's best show, in my opinion. I will listen. If you guys want me to go on rants about stupid things about the government, I or, hey, we're or, here. I'm here for it. I, 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 I have many things, and I promise you, they will have no like allegiance to one side or the other. No, exactly. They will be absolutely. All this is them. what the stupid thing is. Yes, it's very stupid. Anyway, I'm probably fired up. I've watched a bunch of stuff about the Supreme Court lately. And I'm like fired up about that, so it's like all trickling down into the rest of my life. And like, then you had the Florida State, yeah, man. Yeah, we have it's come full we, circle. We have no checks and balances on the court anymore, <laughs> and then we don't have this. And then, and then I'm mad about the permits and Freedom of Information Act. And why, why is dental not included in your health insurance anyway, dude? Why is health insurance something you got to damn pay for? Yes. But, anyway. like, look, if I'm, ha- if I'm paying for it, why are vision and dental not included? Because if I can't see and can't chew, I'm not healthy. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm blind and have to drink everything through a straw, that's not healthy. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it for us. We've got more coming up at 3 o'clock. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. 
But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. 